0: What is up guys? I'm back with another edition of the Jim Bratton podcast and as you can see in the description of this particular episode of the show, it's today is going to be another little variety show. I'm going to be sort of catching you guys up on some things and previewing some other things and Blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. But big day today, I'm going to be talking about the NBA's draft lottery that took place, I believe it was Monday or Tuesday of last week, if I'm not mistaken. And of course, I'm also going to be catching you guys up on This past weekend's PGA Championship and what some of my thoughts on that were and are. I know I touched a little bit on it just briefly on the show yesterday without getting into too much detail about it. But today I'm going to get into all of the details. And yes... I know that I also touched on this very briefly on the show yesterday. I know that it is a big deal for a lot of people and especially for my guy, Mateo Rising in particular. But yes, today is the day I'm finally going to be giving my preview of the upcoming Indianapolis 500, which will be taking place this coming Sunday at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's obviously a very big weekend for racing and IndyCar, but very big show today, if I do say. So myself, but before I get into all of the nitty-gritty that is associated with that, I want to touch just very briefly on last night's Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals in the NBA. And I will be, believe me, I will be getting into detail even more about this when I do my sort of special edition NBA Finals episode of the Jim Bratton podcast. But coming out of Game 4, there are some certain storylines that I think need to be addressed. And so I'm just going to address some brief little takeaways today, if I can. Uh, Of course, I did. As many of you will remember, I did, in fact, pick the Los Angeles Lakers to come away with the win in this series. Obviously, that did not end up transpiring as the Denver Nuggets just absolutely had their way with the Los Angeles Lakers, just literally a clean sweep of the Los Angeles Lakers. I had the Lakers winning in, I don't remember giving an exact prediction, but I think I said they would win in either six or seven games. The Denver Nuggets, obviously, had very, very different plans. And in a way, I'm a little disappointed that the Nuggets were able to sweep the Lakers because just the way this series had been going, I was thinking to myself, okay, it's looking more and more like Denver is going to come away with the win here but I'm really hoping that it doesn't end up being a sweep. I really hope that the Lakers find a way to win game four. And then, of course, I would have had the Nuggets closing the series out back at home in Denver in game number five. But Jamal Murray and Nikola, Jok- Nikola Jokic. Nikola uh, obvi- They obviously had other plans, and as I begin doing my my Joker impersonation on the on the show here, let me talk a little more in detail about Nikola Jokic. Uh, he is an absolute monster. i um, a just a. Monster. There, there is really no other way to put it. And gosh, some sometimes I just get a little too caught up in the uh, Nikola Jokic impersonation. But he is back to my regular voice now. Uh, he is an absolute monster. There's really no other way to put it. And frankly. When you look at going back to the regular season this past year, and you look at the fact that the the man averages a triple-double. I'm going to say that again just so that that it sinks in with the listening and viewing audience. The man averages a triple-double. Average. Just wow. And there's really just nothing else you can say about Nikola Jokic other than frankly, I know that we talk a lot about the fact that he's won, up until this year, he had won back-to-back NBA MVP awards with performances like you've seen in basically every game he has played throughout these playoffs this year, uh, maybe you can can make the argument that he should have won his third straight NBA MVP award this year. That's just how dominant Nikola Jokic is. And Jamal Murray, uh, last thing I'll say before I move on to... Some of the other takeaways about this series. And I will definitely be getting more into detail about him in the NBA Finals preview. Whenever I should get ready to put it together. And it may, it may be after tonight. Because for all we know, the Miami Heat could, co- could come away with the sweep against the Boston Celtics in Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals, for all we know. And so, I'm very much looking forward to the NBA Finals preview of the show. But, in a way, that I will, one th- other thing that I will say is that in a way, the NBA has got to be disappointed about this to some degree because obviously we are not going to be seeing the lakers and the celtics in the finals and so i've just gotta i just can't help but feel that the nba is not only feeling that not just from a nostalgic perspective from the legendary Lakers-Celtics matchup, but also, frankly, from a financial perspective as well because of the, again, Lakers and Celtics matchup. And so I've got to think that the NBA is hurting in some way to some degree. And one other thing that... I take out of this, before I move on to talking about the draft lottery, is there's beginning to be this sense, probably more so in the national media than anything else, about some of the comments that LeBron James made uh, during his post-game press conference after game four, and those comments, of course, stem from the, the R word being brought up in the conversation, the, the retirement word, and One thing I will say about this, and I will also be touching on this a little bit more in detail in my NBA Finals preview, but LeBron seems to be, you know, he's, it's gotten to the point now where the man man is 38 years old and has been playing in the NBA for 20 years. And it's just, I don't know whether or not he feels that the, the time is now to retire. Obviously, he has said publicly on numerous occasions that he does want to play with Bronny, his son, who is just committed to play college basketball at the university of Southern California, and will presumably only be at USC for the one year, which means he will be draft eligible in 2024. And LeBron, I feel like LeBron is obviously taking everything into consideration here. Obviously, it's going to take quite a bit of time to make that decision. He, he, of course, has all the time in the world. I assume the Lakers would give him all of the time in the world to be able to make that decision and do what is best for LeBron James. And... Their family, but obviously it's a lot to take in right now if you're LeBron James. And so I'm going to hold off on saying too much more about that until we get to my finals preview. And depending on how this whole situation transpires, I may have to take out a whole different episode of the show in order to be able to address that, but for the man time, I guess, uh, it's definitely going to be a storyline to watch as we head into the next several weeks and months leading into the NBA's off season. And speaking of the NBA's off season, the draft lottery, of course the draft being a major part of the NBA off season, and since I failed to address this on the show, I guess. The week before or the week of the draft lottery, I guess now is a perfect time to be able to address that since it's over with and whatnot. But the NBA draft lottery is obviously a big deal. Of course, the NBA, the 2023 NBA draft lottery in particular was basically also known as the, and I believe that I'm going to pronounce this correctly, but the Victor, it was also called the Victor Wenbanyama sweepstakes. Uh, Victor Wenbanyama, for those of you who may not be aware, is the French uh up and coming prospect who is seven foot three is an absolute nightmare with his shot, and I would I would imagine rebounding ability as well with him being seven foot three. But he's but he's basically been dubbed the best NBA draft prospect to come out since. You get that's right, you guessed it, LeBron James. And honestly, I, I have not seen too much of his tape, uh, but what I've heard about him in the last few weeks and days post NBA draft lottery or really pre. NBA Draft Lottery, if you will, I should say, because everybody's been talking about this as the Victor Wimbanyama sweepstakes. Everything I've heard about him is just top-notch, off the charts, and of course, I would think the... Next, and obviously there's quite a bit of distance on this list, but I would think just by watching him so much during the college basketball season, I would think that the next best available prospect in this draft is probably Brandon Miller from Alabama, but again, as I said, there's Quite a bit of quite a bit of distance between Brandon Miller and uh Victor Wenbanyama. And so that's just something that teams are going to have to figure out leading up to this draft. But if you go by what the television says, a lot of the time, I think. It seems like everybody has pretty much figured out where the San Antonio Spurs are going to go in this draft. That them the San Antonio Spurs of course having the number 1 overall pick and the they essentially the rights to Victor W. And just to run through the draft order really quick, the top five. Number one, of course, are the San Antonio Spurs. Number two are the Charlotte Hornets. Number three are the Portland Trailblazers. The Houston Rockets find themselves at number four and the Detroit Pistons, who I believe won a grand total of 14 basketball games this this year. Worst record in the NBA. Uh, Somehow, they find themselves with the number five pick in the NBA draft, and here... Going off of that, here is where the fun begins. And for the next remarks that I'm about to make uh, right now, I would just like to preface these remarks by saying that I am, I in no way consider myself to be. A quote unquote conspiracy theorist, but there are times. I will say that there are times and there are situations when I look at something and I have to sort of, sort of tilt my head up in in curiosity, if you will, and. Go, hmm, or actually, I'll do everybody one better than that. I'll give my take on the sort of Brian Windhorst meme. And for those of you who may not be aware of what I'm talking about, just go on on YouTube. I would encourage you, after the show, go to YouTube and go look up i almost said google look up uh brian windhorst what what's going on in utah just look that up and just brace yourself for what's to come because wendy did i mean that was top notch wendy if i do Say so myself, but he was basically wondering the same thing that I'm wondering as it relates to this situation. And here's where the quote unquote conspiracy theory comes into play. Of of course, as I mentioned, the San Antonio Spurs have the number one overall pick and essentially the right to Victor W. Uh, The San Antonio Spurs have sort of had a few down years, shall we say. And honestly, it's... At the point now where it's just really bad for business for the NBA, from the NBA's perspective for the Spires to be on a bad streak because normally the NBA as a whole financially does better when the just to give some examples the Spires are doing well the lakers are doing well and the celtics are doing well just to give three prime examples of the blue bloods of the nba if you will and the spires have have of course had history with the Number one overall pick, the two most notable number one overall picks coming from that organization are day what and where David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Have you heard either of those names before? My guess is yes. You probably have. Very 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 good basketball players, to say the least. And this year, you just so happen to have a top-tier draft prospect in Victor W., Victor Wimbanyama, coming out. And the San Antonio Spurs just so happen to once again, have the number one overall pick. And, of course, as I mentioned before, Victor, Wenbanyama is coming from France, playing professionally, I believe, over in France. And the Spurs, of course, frankly, have had a lot of success with international players as well. Manu Ginobili, in particular, coming from, I believe, Spain, if I'm not mistaken, but even more so than Manu, uh, Tony Parker, in particular. Tony Parker, Where do you all remember where... Tony Parker was from originally. I do. He was originally from, wait for it, wait for it, France. Ah. And so I sort of have to start going with the Brian Windhorst. Fingers from the meme that I was just referring to. And if you do not know what I'm talking about, again, please, please go look it up. It is must watch. Just go to YouTube, look up Brian Winhorst, what's going on in Utah. And obviously, he's talking about a different situation than the one I'm talking about here, but the the mannerisms and the the mindset are very much the same between me and Wendy in a lot of ways because what what's going on because the questions that I'm asking myself are what's going on with the NBA? Hmm. What's going on in San Antonio? do 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 very very interesting situation and just to close out this segment before I move on to go- on the golf part of the show is that once once again I in no way consider myself a conspiracy theorist by any means but this is just one of those, one of those situations that kind of makes me, kind of makes me scratch my head and sort of go, "Hmm, what's what's going on in San Antonio? What's going on in the NBA?" Hmm, very interesting, very interesting stuff. If I do say so myself. But on to golf. The PGA Championship just wrapped up this past Sunday evening in Rochester, New York at the prestigious Oak Hill Country Club. And Brooks Kepka or as he's been referred to in, I guess, some media outlets, Over the last few days or so, live tour golfer Brooks Kapka. And that is, of course, a... I mean, the fact that I guess people are wanting to differentiate between the live tour golfers and the golfers that, I guess, remained on the PGA Tour... Uh, is interesting, and they're they're unfortunate. Unfortunately, they are doing it for, in some ways, pol- political reasons. I'm of course not going to get into what those political reasons are because that's just something that I try to stay away from in this show, but. That is, I guess, the last thing that I will say about the differentiation between the Live Tour and the PGA Tour uh, today, but having said that, Brooks Koepka was the winner of the PGA Championship this past weekend, finishing with a score of nine under par, and just to sort of give a little rundown of some of the notables on the leaderboard, if you will. Uh, Brooks Koepka, of course, was the winner. Uh, And then tied for second behind him, you have Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland. Both of those guys were at... Seven under, and just from a point of personal privilege, I do feel the need to point out that who were two of the names in the little five person pool that I had addressed on the show when I was talking about the contenders for the PGA championship? That uh, They just so happened to be Brooks Koepka and Victor Hovland. Sco- Scotty Scheffler, I did not. Uh, I probably should have seen coming, but for whatever reason, I counted him out, honestly. And I really sh- shouldn't have, because he is, I believe, the number two player in the official World Golf Rankings. After all. And so I counted out Scotty Chef when I probably shouldn't have. And uh, I would just like to issue an apology to Scotty Chef uh, for that. But Corey Connors finished uh, tied for 12th, I believe, at. Even, even par, and it's really just crazy to see the way he had fallen off. Because going into round three, he was sitting atop. I believe it was either going, it was going into round three or maybe even four. On Sunday, he was sitting atop of the leaderboard, and for whatever reason, he just falls off the map, and of course, that happens in golf sometimes. It's happened to me really more times than I would like to admit, honestly, and of course, I'm in no way comparing my golf game to those playing on the PGA Tour, by any means. But it's just one of those things where you just have to say, hey, stuff happens. And Corey Connors uh, found himself finishing tied for 12th. But the major takeaway, by far, the story of the weekend was and of course his final score does not necessarily reflect that but him he of course finishing one over par for the tournament I do believe but by far the story of the PGA championship was Michael Block the PGA tour pro from and again, when I when I say PGA Tour pro, I'm not necessarily talking about the play vast majority of the players on the tour. Obviously, what I mean is he's basically the pro at. I don't really want to use this phrase, but just for argument, just for the sake of doing it, lack of a better phrase, I guess I will, he's just the guy, the pro that you would find at the pro shop, at your local golf course, lack of a better phrase, and of course, many of those guys can, I mean, they do have PGA Tour cards, they are professionals after all to some degree. And Michael Block just decided to go up to Rochester, New York this weekend and put on a show especially at the 15th hole, the par 3, number 15. And of course, for those of you who have not who did not get to see this live, let me, allow me, if you will, to catch you up. Dude just steps up, and again, this is a par three, so you would think, it's not like it's a 400-yard march to the pen or anything like that, but dude steps up to the tee box Hits the shot at a speed of, I believe it was something crazy, like 118 miles per hour. The ball se- seemingly does not touch the green at all. What does the ball do? Seemingly, the ball just drops bloop, right into the hole. And it was funny Just seeing his reaction to everybody else's reactions of him hitting that shot. Rory McIlroy in particular. And Michael Block was even even messing around with Rory McIlroy, who he was playing with at the time. And basically saying, Rory, did, did that go in? Did that go in? There's no way. There's no way. But, uh, yes, it, it did very much go in the hole. Michael Block, what a guy. What a guy. And in honor of his performance... Over the weekend, the PGA obviously showed some recognition to Michael Block themselves in a lot of ways because they've essentially said that he is now qualified for, basically automatically, I do believe, for the PGA Championship next year, which will will be played at the prestigious Valhalla in uh, Louisville, Kentucky in 2024. And so, you know, kudos to Michael Block in that regard. And speaking of the much longer list of accolades that Michael Block had going for him He's definitely got a much longer list. Now, as far as his record on the tour uh, than he did prior to this weekend, due to this past weekend's performance, Michael Block has actually moved up and I, I was sort of touching on the with the World Golf Rankings a little bit earlier. Uh, Michael Block has actually moved up in those World Golf Rankings by a grand total of, let me check my notes really quick, wait for it, wait for it, 3,003 spots in the World Golf Rankings. That is just Phenomenal! When you think about just how insane that is, mo- moving out, moving up three thousand spots in the world golf rankings is just, just wow. the The only thing I can really say about that, uh, as I wrap up the Michael Block uh, sidebar here. Is just wow, Michael Block. What a guy! What a guy! And just hats off to him. Hats off to Brooks Kapka for having what actually won the Wanamaker Trophy. This is the third Wanamaker Trophy that he has won in his career. His fifth major win overall, and another interesting, very interesting statistic about Brooks Koepka as it relates to his accolades as far as the PGA Championship is concerned is that Brooks Koepka has now joined Tiger and the Golden Bear, Jack Nicklaus, as the third golfer to win the PGA Championship at least three times. Which is, when you're, t- when you're talking about being in the same company as Tiger Woods and the Golden Bear, Jack Nicklaus, that's pretty good company to be in, if I do say so, myself. But hats off to him, hats off to Michael Block, especially, especially for that hole-in-one. I don't know how many hole-in-ones he has hit in general, uh, not just on... Not just in major tournaments or just playing at his club or whatnot, but I believe he's 46 years of age. And I don't know, again, as I said, I don't know how many hole in ones he has hit. Pro- probably at, at least one more than me. That I can say with absolute certainty because I just turned 28 recently and I'm still looking for my first ever hole-in-one. And so hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, I do not have too much longer to go. But I guess time will have to tell the story of how all of that eventually will play out but michael black what a guy what a guy and just to wrap up the show today the the vaunted last story of today's edition of the Jim Bratton podcast. And Matteo Rising, I very much hope that you have held on and waited until this particular portion of the show because, yes, if you could not already tell, I am finally about to preview your and many other people's as well beloved. Indianapolis 500 which which will be taking place this upcoming Sunday in Indianapolis, Indiana. It is the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 and really the I guess the only thing I'm going to do here as I sort of wrap up this edition of the show is just give you some of the names that I think could be in contention. Of course, the first one of those names is Uh, and Mateo if you're listening and obviously Mateo I'm going to just use him as an example here because obviously he keeps up with, shall we say he keeps up with IndyCar racing probably just a little bit more than I do if you all could not already tell that. But Matteo, if I do end up mispronouncing this name, just please feel free to let me know the correct pronunciation in the comment section. As far as the poll winner of the Indy 500 goes, is, is it is it Alex Palau, Palu The Spaniard, he's a Spaniard, and I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Obviously, kudos to him for winning the the uh, pole position, obviously, but of course, as we all know, not just in IndyCar, but obviously NASCAR and insert any other racing series here. Uh, just the fact of someone winning the pole does not, Always necessarily mean that much but on the other hand you have to in a lot of ways give kudos to the poll winner they do have some sort of advantage I would assume Uh, and five other names to look out for in this coming Indianapolis 500 or Alexander Rossi uh, Tony Kanon, Will Power, Joseph Newgarden, who certainly has some local ties to the Nashville, Tennessee area, I do believe, and uh, Helio Castroneves as well. And so those are just the six names that I'm going to be looking out for as far as winning the upcoming Indianapolis 500 are concerned. Alex P., uh, Alexander Rossi, Tony Kanaan, Willpower, Joseph Newgarden, and Helio Castroneves, who has certainly been... Doing what he's been doing very well for a long time, and a lot of, a lot of these guys have that. Even the guys that I just named, but when you're talking about IndyCar specifically, uh, even from my perspective, Helio by far Helio Castroneves is definitely, definitely one of the names that jumps to the top of my mind and so i'm not going to count out helio by any means this weekend and with all of that being said uh that is going to do it for me today i suppose stay tuned for my upcoming nba fi- nba finals preview edition of the show. I'm not sure when that particular episode is going to be released. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with how this Miami-Boston series ends ends up concluding. Will it conclude tonight? Who knows? But certainly you would hope from a basketball fan's perspective, I would think that it would not be closed out tonight, and you would hope to see obviously more basketball being played between the Celtics and the Heat. But the way these play out the the way these I mean, the playoffs have been just phenomenal, but just the way the Western Conference Finals went, and when you look at the Eastern Conference Finals sort of being in line with that same trend, you in the back of your mind, you kind of have to think that there's a better than average chance that the Eastern Conference Finals could end up being a clan sweep as well, but we will just have to wait and see how that plays out. I'm very much looking forward to breaking down the NBA Finals, and I'm very much looking forward to breaking down the aforementioned LeBron James' possible retirement situation. As a matter of fact, and notice I I did say possible retirement situation and what I may end up doing just for fun, stay tuned on social media for this, by the way, but I may end up doing some polls just to see how the audience feels about the current LeBron James' possible retirement situation as well. So that is just one of the very, very interesting and fun things that I'm looking forward to doing on the show in the not-too-distant future. But all of that being said, I want to thank you all so much for watching and listening to this edition of the Jim Bratton podcast. I very much appreciate it, and I will see you guys soon.